Howdy, folks. Welcome to a very interesting stay-at-home edition of podcast based Dungeons & Dragons. Um, we have decided to all get together, jump on this video chat, and record uh, the latest episodes because we weren't going to let our current situation of everyone staying at home, staying safe, and keeping themselves uh, healthy uh, from stopping us doing this. So we decided that we were more than capable of doing it in this way, getting ourselves online, and all meeting together in a video chat room and recording the episode for you, the viewers, to be able to enjoy, and for us also to be able to enjoy as, as basically the players and as the DM. So this is our episode. Um, we want you to be able to follow along with the story. We don't want the story to die. We want to keep it going. So um, for the next couple of episodes, more than likely, this is how we're going to record. Uh, we also wanted to kind of go over a few things before we started getting into the episode. The main thing is, is that we still have to finalise the giveaway for the last episode. So we have this fantastic uh, Art and Arcana book, thanks to Dubson Comics, and um, they, who are continuing to be the sponsors of the show. Uh, this here is a giveaway that we're going to do. We're going to do, we're going to do a draw for this uh, at the break. So at the at the end of the break uh, of this episode, we're going to do a draw for the winner of this for the people that have entered in uh, on YouTube and social media. Okay, so that's, that's the first thing. So thanks to Dumpsy Comics for this. Uh, also, we have, right there, just in time, thank you, Doc, uh, from Dumpsy Comics, uh, brand new Explorer's Guide to Wildman, which is the prize for this episode. So we're going to be giving this away uh, on this episode. So we'll tell you at the break how you can win this yourself. So we'll, again, thanks to the sponsorship of Dumpsy Comics, uh, who have kind of given us this fantastic tome. I have my copy, which is over on the shelf there behind me. And uh, I've read it. It's a fantastic, brilliant, brilliant guide. Uh, really, really good. That would be the prize for this episode. Um, so Dublin City Comics are currently still trading. They're still open. Uh, isn't that right, Doc? Isn't that yeah. correct? You're online. You're available to contact <laughs> if needs be. Yeah, you can contact the shop as normal um, through Facebook and email. And we've also set up a web store now, which is DublinCityComics.ie. So if, 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 if you can't find what you need on the web store, do we just message it and go, here, do you have That's it? That's the one. Yeah. We've, we've been, been trying, trying to put everything up on the page, but there's a lot of stuff. So uh, yeah. Jay's now doing these really cool pictures with like all the secondhand figures and yeah. the, the comic packs. So just check the Facebook page regularly and the website. Cool. And we're posting stuff every day. Excellent. Okay, that's good stuff. Uh, okay, so we're going to get into it. Uh, we're going to do a recap. We're going to do a quick recap of what the previous episode was and uh, where the adventures find themselves now. So the Mismast Adventures had quashed uh, a kind of a drug ring that had set themselves up at Henrik's Point. Uh, at the behest of the Harbour Master, uh, the group, along with Captain Arun and his crew, um, travelled east where they fell afoul to a mysterious enchanting force. Um, the Blue Spear was captured and all aboard, uh, except for the Ran. Were under, uh, became under the influence of an unknown trance uh, of a character, um, kind of a mysterious character we know, really didn't know at the time who it was. Um, uh, upon further investigation, or not investigation, but basically as the story unfolded, it was discovered that this creature was uh, somebody from the Rand's past, uh, an unknown entity for everyone apart from the Rand, obviously. Um, turned out to be kind of a. Uh, <laughs> turned out to be a, 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 a creature called Valak. Um, uh, forced to work as slave labor, the group then um, one by one were broken free uh, with the help uh, by the help with the help of a, a gnome called Hispina and a furball called uh, Erdak. Um, they fro they free they freed up 
Harris here first, who then went through each members of the group uh, up until a point. Uh, we then see that uh, Valak off to the side then brings a run around, shows Valak the area of, of kind of the city of Bones, the place that he's ruling over, and uh, claims that he built all of this for Loran. And um, he then brings uh, Loran to see where Norman is. Uh, Norman is kind of laid kind of prone while he is investigated by these mysterious creatures, um, kind of these strange group of folk that are weird, masked surgeons and such. Uh, they're they're kind of twisted individuals. Oh, seem to be. <laughs> <laughs> There's something fishy about those guys. <laughs> yeah, so they're creepy, and they basically removed all of Norman's their organs, and they're on display. So. Uh, as this is happening, then the group are kind of sneakily making their way through the city of Bones, trying to free each other, uh, while Iran is being subjected to these kind of attempts of the trials by Valak. Uh, the group then are separated, and uh, we then see they're divided up, and Cody and Erdak start to investigate the area and discover a few different things. One of them is a weapon store. They also stumble upon where Norman was and they attempt to free him, uh, trapping the surgeons. Norman then kind of, as he gets free, um, yeah, like they, they trap the surgeons and as he gets free, then Norman kind of puts himself together. Meanwhile, Valak <laughs> is displaying, well, yeah, he puts his innards back in. So in a display of power, then we cut to a group that the group uh, Aratir, Ogan, and Arun have been captured and forced into a fighting pit, an arena of sorts. And Balak, to display his power to Loran, brings Loran to a viewing box to show him that his friends are in danger and it's Balak who is in control of the situation. But through, um, through the power of his possessed Saturn, Loran basically starts to come to the realization and starts to re retain memories of what Valak did to him in, in, a, in basically in his, in his past and refuses to let this continue and jumps from the um, viewing box strumming his turn just as the combat below begins so I need everyone to roll initiative uh, okay. I, uh, I rolled a 20 <laughs> I'll get. Oh. I'll call everyone out. So yeah, no. If, if everyone could just. Um, I rolled a natural twenty. Thanks, Doc. You got to say that more. Cool. I have a logistic question before initiative. Yeah, go ahead. I'm still flying through the air in hopes that a rune will catch me, so I feel like I shouldn't initiative on this turn. <laughs> oh, right. Well, yeah, yeah, okay, so yeah, this Loran has left from the box, and um, we're going to have to get you guys to... Yeah, we're going to have to get you guys to roll. So Loran leaps through the air, uh, strumming the Saturn. Everyone turns, you all see kind of this, this uh, coding as you're kind of coming out. Uh, with Erdak and uh, Hespina and, and Krumen, who has all the gear, you're, you're kind of coming out onto the part into the into the audience. You can see this um, below. You're kind of everyone in the fighting pit is distracted with the people, the the, the, the kind of the, the hand mind and, 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 and the voice that appeared in front of them, and then the two gates that are opening up behind them. Um, um, so then you would then be leaping through the air, 
as all of this is happening. Uh, Cody, you kind of see this and you can hear Loran's offensive distance uh, kind of strumming to turn as it resonates throughout the entire arena. And uh, um, the audience are like in awe of, of just everything that's unfolding, but it's too underbalanced design, so he kind of is still kind of controlling the audience overall. Um, and uh, we see now, so the, the, as the action unfolds, Iran is leaping through the air. We have Arun, we have uh, Aratir, and we have Ogun as they face off against the mind, the voice, uh, 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 the, uh, the mind, the voice. Yeah, remember I shouted, Arun, catch me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Arun is below. Um, I need you to roll, uh, I, need, I, need, I need Arun to roll a perception and a strength. Okay. And I need <clears throat> Aratir to Brad, roll. Perception, 16. 16, okay. Nine. You've got a nine. Okay, nine acrobatics. Okay. <laughs> what did she get in the strength? Eighteen. No. 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 no, oh, no. no. <laughs> no that's oh. Okay. Um. Right. <clears throat> okay. So. Leaps through the air, strumming the Saturn, and echoes throughout the, the arena. Um. She shouts, "Around! Around!" Looks up. You see Loran, but like with everything that's going on, the dust that's kicking up. Loran falls. You reach out to grab, and just basically with everything that's going on, you're so distracted that you crumble to the ground, tumbling in. Loran gets knocked sideways. You go skittering off. Arun, you're knocked to the feet. You fall at the feet of uh, the voice, uh, and she kind of stands over you. Loran um, causing all sorts of chaos. The, the Saturn kind of rolls to one side and lands right next to Loran. Um, okay, I um, everyone else sees this take place. And uh -oh. now we're going to start calling out the Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. let your initiative mm. roll. You have initiative. Same thing. Oh. Okay. Initiative is dexterity. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. So uh, ten. My dexterity is plus zero, so that's just nineteen, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Right. Wayne, you mentioned a Goliath barbarian, a human bard, and what third one? Kenku sorcerer. Kenku sorcerer. Yeah. Um, so they make up the hand. Chickeny guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Kenku is like the bird. They're kind of like a, a raven type person. Um, so it's it. So, so a Goliath barbarian, a human bard, and a Kenku sorcerer. Walk into a bar. <laughs> so we've got Charlie <laughs> Andy. Yeah, yeah it's, it's always sunny. In, in, Back Charlie yeah, Andy. Yeah, it's always sunny and chill out, chill It's always sunny. Um, Cool. Okay, so wasn't there an L bear in the arena there as well? Was, so, so in the arena itself, you have no, at the back. Maybe, maybe that one will be our friend. I'm gonna try. So uh, yeah. the, I have a the trigger that are in front of you. The, your, the two, the two your, gates have opened up. Your shared and, um, background to make pals. 
Turns out we were drinking booties. I don't know. Of course. Also, in the. In the, the yet, aren't they always? Aren't in the arena, always? you also have. Hey, you do still also have everyone up in the audience. So, Cody is up there with Erdak, and also Hespina is up there as well. So, you have uh, Erdak, Hespina, Cody, and the crewman who has all the gear. They're making their way up top. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. So, they're in the arena as well. Um, and. They're kind of making their way into the little stealth gnome who's all of her spells caused explosions and really loud noises. Yes, not not exactly, yeah. not exactly <laughs> stealthy, really. Um, what do you want? But then there is also the owlbear that's kind of trundling in as well, and another entity that I'll describe shortly. Um, so, uh, the owlbear trundling, the two gates slam open and behind the trio. And the elbear comes rushing in. And then you see um, also like behind it, there's a lot of mist coming out of the secondary gate. And uh, there's, there's nothing coming out straight away, but you see this mist start to creep out. Um, the arena as well, people in the arena are cheering and shouting as they see the elbear rush outwards. Um, and they're kind of reaching over the high wall. It's that kind of. Uh, goes all the way around the arena they keeps everything in and uh, stops people from climbing, trying to climb out and um, the the elbow rushes up yeah um, i have a quick question about the arena how high is the wall separating where we are from like the stands is it a small wall is it a big wall it's, it's a high wall it's about 12 feet it's roughly about 12 feet is that scalable what? It is, well, no, it is. It's a high wall. It's 12 feet. It's 12 feet, so from, from, from the floor to the thing. I feel like that was more elevated. The, 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 the box itself is, uh, it's, that's another, it's 25 feet in total. So you've got the 12 feet, then another thing, so it's about another, it's about 25 yeah. feet. <laughs> okay. Now, you have coming out of the, the secondary um, kind of gate that's opened up more and more mist pumps out and then you see this cloaked figure kind of eke its way out and uh, shrouded long spindly arms as it kind of floats in and out of the area is that one of them harry potter things is it <laughs> is it harry, is it harry, it's harry not potter. harry potter it's not harry, not potter. harry potter we don't want to get sued because he'd be on our side i don't think what he would he well dead harry him? potter uh, he always does he'd want harry potter um, so this this creature kind of floats out into the area, but doesn't act straight away. Like the airbag charge forward, this is kind of floating, hanging back a bit, inspecting its surroundings. Its long, spinty fingers reaching out, um, the mist swirling around it. Um, okay, we're going to start off, Kim. Okay, so my lovely um, cowpoke uh, was supervising me in the weapon store, and I picked up some grenades. Yeah. So yeah. So, I am. I'm still up at the entrance. Yeah. You kind of you're up at the top of the stairs that go down about ten feet, and they right. drop down at the wall, and then it's into the arena. No, we froze. We'll not freeze in a second. So you're up at the top of the audience, the stairs, and then a 10 feet drop. The, sorry, 10 feet, the stairs, and then it's the wall, okay. the 12 foot drop down into the arena. That's where you're generally at now. All right, all right, all right. I think there's going to be some leakage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay. You're gonna use a grenade. I'm gonna throw this grenade towards the owlbear. Okay, you're gonna throw it towards the owlbear. Do you have the stats? Do you have the stats on the grenade there? No, do you want me to... No, I can can get them. One second, just let me get them up here. Now, I don't mind, like, I obviously haven't got a schematic for where everybody is. I will change my, I will change my, uh, based on logic. Well, the owlbear's kind of charging in on top of everyone, and they're, they're clumped together. No, never mind. What? Okay, they're up, they're, they're I was going to say, would you do a little, um, a schematic with... Circles on it to show, show us where everybody is. Schematic. You ponty bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we can't in this current setup, unfortunately. Um, so, the, the general area that people are in, they're kind of, they are on top of each other. There is a clump together, the fire charging towards them. This, the thing on the grenade, um, grenade launcher. That's my new character motivation. Get a grenade launcher. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd have to get one. You'd have to craft one, but you don't have one at the moment. Pointed me in that direction. What, Kim? When we were in the weapons store, we were raped. And I didn't understand what I was picking up when I picked up the grenades. I think, do you think um, uh, Erdak would have uh, pointed me in the direction of the grenade launcher, which I presume would have been on the same wall if there was one? <laughs> no, I'm not. We're not going to retcon it that you all of a sudden have a grenade launcher. You have your bag of grenades. All right, got a bag of grenades. All right, so. Um, so the grenades, you're going to eat one of them. So the grenades have a range of 60 feet. Um, and you can throw them. Um, Who's closer? Well, I mean, they're all kind of clumped together. The owlbear is coming up behind, and you have the trio that are in front of the group. They're all standing together? Yeah, they're all clumped together. So they have, they're all in the general vicinity area, and there's a radius of damage that would be on the Oh, yeah, yeah, better go for the owlbear then. Um, well, you, yeah, you could go for the owlbear if you want. You could you could move, you have 10 feet of, of movement down the stairs right. to get in, and right. you can throw it if you want. So you can move and then throw and I'd be able to do both. Yeah, you'd be able to do both. You have so you have ten. You've got movement speed of a certain amount. So ten, okay. ten feet of movement. All right, speed I'm going to make my way to the edge and mute. Uh, okay, okay. What's the damage on them uh, when while you have it open? Um, so it's it's sixty feet radius, and then there's a DC dexterity five d six damage on a grenade. So you have to move sixty feet. You control sixty feet. Away, it's five d six damage. Ooh, bit it. Yeah, it's a pretty hefty explosion. Um, a lot of damage. So, um, Cody turns and in, in the kind of the pouch, she has she pulls out the, the, the grenade and kind of looks at her deck as she's running down, gives him a little wink, and then pulls the pin and runs. And as she's running, she throws. I need you to to do a a, a strength saving throw. A sorry, strength a strength throw from roll a strength and throw the grenade. So yeah, I need you to roll strength for me as you kind of run down, reef the pin, and you throw the grenade out. Oh, okay. it would be strength, wouldn't it? Okay. All right. All right, sorry, everyone. Okay. 
to the Albert. You want to move closer oh. to the Albert, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to cast uh, Animal Friendship on it. Okay. And, and uh, I want it For the animal itself, what, the, what does it have to do? It's a, uh, well, I'll read it out. Uh, the spell lets you convince the beast that you mean it no harm. Choose a beast that you can see within range. It must hear, see or, and hear you. If the beast's intelligence is four or higher, the spell fails. Otherwise, the beast must succeed the wisdom saving throw or be charmed for the duration of the spell. Okay, it's a three, so I have to roll a wisdom saving throw. What is the DC for wisdom saving uh, throw? 13. I want to go up and I want to say it as like, um, hey, you, if you team up with me, I can help you get out of here and back to the forest. <laughs> it rolled an eight. You have charmed the owlbear. It is now your friend. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm, like, gonna, I'm gonna somersault onto it. <laughs> oh, oh. So the owlbear is like, sees this small wolverine type creature come up to it and kind of grunt and growl and speak in a language it, it doesn't understand, but it gets the idea that this is a friend and you know it needs to protect this friend at, at all costs. And it's like, and it kind of nuzzles into you, and then you hop up onto its back and now riding an owlbear. 
Naomi, we need some fanners. Okay, is that the end of your go? Yeah, that's me. Cool, cool. Uh, next, it's into Hespina. Uh, Hespina, while holding on to the back of Verdak's uh, shoulders, it kind of nestled into it, half in the backpack, it, it sits there. As Verdak makes his way down, um, even though this isn't his turn, but he's kind of moving slightly, um, she kind of le- looks over, looks into the arena, and uh, Hespina is going to... Um, Second out. Apologies. Spina is going to reach out and kind of looking around and looking up. She kind of takes it all in and she is going to firebolt at the Kenku sorcerer. And so it is. Get him. Get him. That is. Uh, what is a what's he to hit? No, hit bird. Not the bird. Dumb bird. Get the bird. Get the bird. Stop the pigeon. Get the bird. Oh, the bird is the word, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, um, oh, he's the mic. Is he the mic? reaches out and it's like, what oh, you see this like from the from over her like, shoulder, this kind of bright orange glow just appears and then <laughs> down towards the Kenku as it's not paying attention from, from where this might be coming from. Uh, as it, it careens into it, she rolled a 17. The armor class of the, of the Kenku is 15. The fireball acted as unawares in the, in the, in the cross and shoulder. Um, and I will roll for damage. Damage is 2d10. Damage. That is 15 points of damage. Into the fine, so she got and he takes 15 points of damage. Nice, okay. What do you think? Excellent. Now, 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 it is into Norman. Um, right. So you said the viewing box is about. 25 feet above the arena floor from the arena floor to open to the kind of the, the bottom of the viewing box is about 20 feet yeah it's about 20 feet total and then in like kind of at human high waist into the box another five feet cool um i look up at the uh, the viewing box uh kind of like uh running a finger along the sutures that are like still holding me together i'm just like Valak. You took something of mine. Ooh. As a bonus action, I cast Misty Step and teleport up into the box. Oh, here we go. There we go. Yes. Oh. Um, yeah. So uh, that uses up one of my slots as Norman teleports up into the viewing box uh, where I finish my sentence with, perhaps you have a spare I could use. And, yes. uh, yeah. I'm going to uh, do a good old Eldritch Blast. Ah, oh, So, uh, Norman is going to cast Eldritch Blast. So, roll for, uh, roll for attack. Uh, that's uh, 21. 21 definitely hits. <laughs> 15 damage. Ooh. 
and the other boss, you just put your hand up with a, the purple uh, energy crackles down your arm, and it, you can actually, this, it seems like there's definite anger behind the blast as it shoots out and catches Balak straight across the chest. <laughs> he gets himself back into his chair, um, taking a hefty chunk of damage. Uh, what was that? Well, 15 this day, yeah? 15, yeah. Nice. Um, he kind of stands back up and he's like, ah, 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 and he's looking around and ah, and, okay. <laughs> next, next we are into a room. Right. I'm lying at the feet of this voice, fella, yeah? Yeah. Right. Gonna grab him by the ankles and read from down and start wailing on him, UFC style. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a she, but yeah, sure, go on. Um, so you're gonna reach out and grab Well, a strength check for me? I'm not another one of them. <laughs> 18. 18. Oh, uh, yeah, you can pull some lab, but you can't catch me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Arun reaches out and grabs the voice by her by her very thin ankle and reaches her down to the ground. She kind of like, Wah! and disappears down below in a cloud of dust. Um, I want you to roll for an unarmed strike against her because you're currently, everyone that's in the arena that is, that is, uh, Arthur Ogan. And are still without their armor and their weapons. So the crew member that's up in the arena, whose turn is coming up, has still has all your gear in a bag. So yeah. um, I want you to roll uh, an unarmed strike against this uh, character. I've plus five for an unarmed strike. What? I've plus five for an unarmed yeah, strike. So roll a d20 and then add five foot. That's 13. 13 in total? Yeah. Excellent. And. Um, So the voice, you reach out and start wailing on it. Is that that the hit? Was it? Uh, well, that was it. I'd grab her down, and start pounding on her. Yeah. yeah so roll, roll for roll for damage. You definitely hit her armor class ten. So roll for mm-hmm. damage. Uh, damage type is three bludgeoning. So what am I rolling on that? What was that? Sorry. Three bludgeoning. That, you add three to it. Yeah, it says damage type three bludgeoning for unarmed strike. Does it say damage what you need to roll? Doesn't say that on the oak, just has hit plus five, then damage type. Okay. An unarmed strike would just be one plus. Yeah, it'd be one plus something, so. Uh, so one plus unarmed three, strike is plus five to hit, and then the damage is just three bludgeoning. So then just hit take like, three bludgeoning, so that's what she takes. Just um, a dig there, yeah. yeah, just effectively a dig. Um, so she takes that. Um, I have an extra attack, so like, can I hit her again? You can indeed. <laughs> again, yeah, just give another hoof. <laughs> Roll again to hit. Roll a d20 and add your... Uh, again. 13 again. again. And then yep. roll for that. And then, so basically that's another three damage. So boom, boom. Okay. You start wailing on her like boom, 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 boom. And you, you basically start punching her in the head and cut some bruises start to work. Cuts start to appear in her face as you weigh on her. And next we are into... It's her turn next. And she is going to try and kind of get you off her. Um, she's trying to get me off? She's going to try and cast Charm Person on you. Uh, so what I need you to do... Uh, 
I need you to troll. I need you to make uh, a wisdom saving throw, please. Wisdom saving throw. That's do do do. Where is that? That's ten is my wisdom. So. So your saving throws will be listed there on the side. So if you look down, you have your. What? So where it says wisdom, does it say plus what? Where? Uh, it says wisdom plus zero. Plus zero. So roll a d20, and then that's it. Oh, okay, cool, cool. 17. 17. Uh, you succeed. She tries to charm, but in the middle of her getting smacked around the head, she just can't get the words out properly. She's like, no, no, please, ah, no, you need to, oh. That's what I was aiming for. She's a bard. I reckon she can't sing if she can't speak. Exactly. Um, next up, we ha- she basically can't do anything else. So next up, it's uh, it's the wispy cloaked figure in the, in the background. Oh, yeah. Moves forward and starts kind of moving around the edge of the arena, just looking at everything, taking everything in, and kind of looking around. More and more smoke is billowing out of it, offering over kind of individuals. And then it sees all the bodies that kind of landed from the explosion that Cody created. And it moves over and starts looking around all the bodies. And it sees one particular person that seems to be very injured. And it leans over it and puts his hand out. And you just see, basically, a spectral side appear in its hand. And it swings down at the prone person on the ground. And you just see that person go, and they're gone. So we're fighting Bill Dorr, basically. And it just basically, the side then goes away again and starts to move back around the group. The crowds of bodies, as it kind of looks like it's looking for somebody else to pick up. Who invited um, death to the fight? <laughs> uh, next up, Adara's here. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, so nobody's had a go at that uh, Goliath Barbarian yet, right? Not yet, no, not yet. <laughs> I love taking on bigger things. That me. had your name all over it. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, still no armor, so I guess we're going to have to go with an unarmed strike. Um, There's no point in raging. Totally, well, totally your call. You can, you can rage, but it's... All your bonuses would be better better used with a weapon. With a weapon, exactly, yeah. yes. So I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm going to save my rage. So, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I rolled a uh, five. Five? <laughs> oh, no. You step, you step up to go and take a swing at the, 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 barbar- the Goliath Barbarian uh, as it kind of towers over the group, grunting and kind of looking to see who it's going to attack first. And um, you go to swing and it kind of sidesteps out of the way as you kind of like, it just looks down at you grunting. Um, not really kind of like just laughing you off. You you are, you're not that much smaller and it is very, very tall, but you're about three feet smaller and you're definitely in the arena now at the moment. Bar Ogan riding on the nail bear, you are the next tallest individual. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, next up, we have the crew member who is in the in the audience in the crowd with a bag of of of, of, uh, of gear. He runs. Come on, Brad. He runs down frantically and 
hoists the gear bag over his head, throws it into the center of uh, of the arena. There's nothing like fragile in there, you guys hope. He rolls, roll the fifteen. He rolls fifteen. The bag sails through the air and lands. Boom, boom, boom. It lands basically. It's Arthur, just at your feet, right next to where Arun is pounding on the bars, and and Ogan is kind of looking around as the elderbear is like. Nice one, Brad. Could have used this a minute ago when I was trying to knock your man out. Well, that is an issue, I guess. Um, next, it is into the elves of the Erdak Bow. Erdak Bow. Um, rushes forward and you see him well you don't the bird like rushes forward and pulls out the two pistols that he has across his bandolier and nice and he just does just start shooting um, oh anyway i started blasting i started blasting <laughs> and he basically is going to take a pot shot at the uh at the goliath shot he reaches out and with his his main pistol plus five first one yeah they, they definitely both hit so sixteen all together you see him reach out and these as these large blasts of fire just explode from the ends of these barrels of these whatever the hell these are people don't this kind of general plane of existence don't know what these things are and he shoots at the goliath and they hit the goliath is in, in the middle of dodging from Aratir, and the shot's gonna hit it across the back of the shows <laughs> like it turns and, like, argh, argh, and snarls and it takes uh it takes 19 points. Okay. And next it is into the mind. So the Kenku sorcerer reaches up and you see his staff outreached. He basically reaches out with his staff and points it at Arun who is on top of his, basically his, his friend as such. And he shoots a fireball. And you see from the edge, end of the staff, is like, boom, and the fire just boom, out towards the room. And... <laughs> Natural one! <laughs> Get in. The fire emanates, boom, and... In the in the kind of the, the rumble and tumble of the of the fight that's going on the ground, you kind of can't get his aim correctly. It's kind of like when you're, you're you see that in movies where they're trying to aim with their friends, aim with the person they're fighting, aim with their friends, and it's like, boom, and the fireball just scorches the ground beside you, smoldering dirt, kind of flaming everywhere. Um, nice. Next up, we have the owlbear. So, Ogan, what do you want yes. the owlbear to do? I keep thinking you're saying owlbear. Elvir. Um, he's over here. He's over on top of a granny, and it's just like, <laughs> what do you want this Elvir to do? Um, I guess uh, help, yeah, attack the the, the, the mind, was it? That you did that fire attack, blast. You want to attack the, the, the Kenku? Yeah. The Kenku. 
Tenku was just in the middle of firing his fireballs off from behind it. This giant stout reaches down and towering over his miniature mass. The Tenkus are quite small. You just see this large paw strike out. Uh, roll, uh, roll a d20 there, D-Man. Cool. Um, I got a 15. Uh, the Owlbear has a multi-attack. So uh, it's both both of these are plus seven to hit. That definitely hits the mine okay. her armor is only fifteen. And um, so oh, for an Elbear, um an Elbear. So you're doing a, it's a claw attack at first, so it's plus seven to hit. That's definitely it. Roll two D Wow. Okay, hang on. That's, oh god, ouch. So that's okay, that's a two and a six. Two and a six. So eight. And uh, then you get a second attack, and um, so it, it strikes out with its paw, boom, slashing over the back of the Kenku. The Kenku is like, ah! And a second attack, the, the Elbear streaks out with his beak, tries to clamp down on the back of the Kenku's neck in its roll form. And uh, roll another attack. Yeah, uh, that was 17 plus 7, which That's is 24. Roll um, attack on this is uh, roll 1d10 plus 5. 1d10 plus 5. Uh, that's an 11 total. 11 total. The Elbear reaches down and picks up the Kenku and it beats. And it's like a dog with a chip toy. And you just see it rip into it. You hear a screech like, ah, ah. The Kenku's head is ripped from its body. And it across the arena. The body just goes one direction, the head goes flying in another direction. It's murder my snails to the side. And the Kenku is dead. <laughs> and next is just a Valak. Emery, you um, What? Sorry, I thought I saw Kim say something and she, I can't hear her. Yeah, I said, well done, Ogin, and I was muted, sorry. <laughs> um, so, next is the Valak. Valak stands in the box, normally in front of him. He kind of looks about. And he's taking that out of his glass to the chest. Kind of thinking, he's weighing up his options in his mind. And you see him reach out his hand. And he is going to try and cast Charm. Oh, hang on. He's going to try and cast Charm on Norman. Uh, if I'm, correct me if I'm mistaken, Norman. Can Norman be charmed? I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be. Okay. I'm just wondering in the, in the, in the character build around my time, so... so yeah, uh, I, don't, I can't think of any reason he wouldn't be. Well, I need you to roll uh, a wisdom saving throw. DC is 15. It's the first level. Check and see what that is for me. Yep. Uh, yep. Nineteen. Nineteen. And um, Alec reaches out. He's like, "My friend, you, you want to help me. You do. You want to help me. I, I am here to give you everything you wish." And he tries his best, but Norman just looks at him, just like straight on stare. His hand still smoking from the Eldritch Blast. When, um, when he when he says, uh, "I want to help him," I kind of I look back at him and I'm like, "Oh, I will." <laughs> okay. Um, next up, we have the hand. The Goliath steps forward and is weighing up his options after getting two blasts in the shoulder for murder, and looks around, sees the mind getting torn asunder by the Elbear. 
turn and takes right, the elbow is a big threat here. Turns his giant axe on the elbow and goes in and takes a giant knee towards it. Um, so. That is a 15. And the elbow is definitely hit on that one. Uh, Our classes think so. Uh, multi attack on Check it out. Balancing all these character sheets. Mm. Crazy, crazy. Um, out, watch out for that uh, axe. Yeah. The axe comes down uh, and cleaves into the side of the owlbear. 1d8. 1d8 That is 11 points of damage into the owlbear. Um, the owlbear is like... And Ogan, you're kind of on top, wrestling. We're trying to stay in place. Actually, I need you to roll um, an acrobatic check for me, please. Come on, Ogan. Um, um, I got a 20. Wow. An acrobatic. Oh, hang on, hang on. Just in case, though. I can see you. I believe in. That's the case. Because that's two I've rolled. My luck is wow. pretty good today. Ogan, in an unbelievable feat of, of, of dexterity, Holds on tight to the elbow as it gets slashed to its side. Um, the elbow is it's it's it took it, it took a fair chunk. Um, but but the elbow then just kind of turns on the Goliath, uh, who looks around again and is like weighing up his options. He hasn't raged yet. He just wanted to take a strike at the elbow for killing the Kenku. Uh, and next up is Aran. Okay, so I would like to use my bonus action first before my main action. And I would like to cast Bardic Inspiration on Norman. Okay. Uh, to give him a 1d6 Inspiration Dice for his next turn. Sure. Excellent. And for my main move, I would like to <laughs> kind of look around, see this fight that I am not prepared to fight in and cast Disguise Self as one of the dead bodies and just fall on Possum. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <coughs> everyone looks on as Aran sings this beautiful tune in the direction of the viewing box where Norman stands, uh, inspiring Norman, and then looking around sheepishly at everything that the chaos that's unfolding around him. Kind of like hurries behind someone and like... <laughs> <laughs> Tries to, with, the, with the dust that's been kicked up and the body of the Kenku being thrown to one side, you see Loran rush over and hunker down behind the body of the Kenku, headless body of the Kenku. And then there's a, a scuffle of and a, and a, and kind of a, a flurry of clothing. And then you look over and there's an extra body lying next to the Kenku out of nowhere. Um, now we are back to the top of the round. Uh, Cody. Okay, so I am now in the mix. So, uh, who's close to me? Um, right now, off to your right is the main kind of argy bargy that's going on. You have the uh, the rune and, the, and the, the female bard are having fisticuffs lying on the ground, rolling around. And you have uh, Ogan on the elbow. You have the Goliath after taking a slice of the elbow. An armature standing behind the elbow, or like just basically like like that. They're, they're about another. Like they're about ten. Mode on Street Fighter. Yeah, like <laughs> it's ten, ten, these are. They're about ten feet from kind of the main kind of argy bargy, and the the figure, the cloaked figure, is kind of making its way around the 
remnants of the bodies that you kind of killed from the explosion. Does Cody know whether that floating smoke ball is uh, physical damage worthy? Cody would know. Cody wouldn't generally know. You could roll an arcane check with disadvantage if you wish. Okay. I might. Can I do that? Okay. Yeah. If you want, yeah. Okay, that is 14. And that's 13. Four, uh, uh, 13. 13. You're not really aware of what this is. You're kind of, it's, it's, it's definitely a creepy ass entity. You've never really seen anything like this before in your travels. Um, okay. But right now, its focus seems to be on the dead bodies. And it seems to be going through each of them that are close oh, to death and, and dispatching them. So. Okay, I am going to uh, use my short bow on the. Oh no, I got more grenades! What am I talking about? But I don't want to damage. Yeah, that went great last time. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. But uh, you know, it's my first time ever using. Let's let's. Uh, Scratches. Uh, I would. There's. If I was to aim at the barbarian, I'd probably hurt my buds, right? Or there, just a there is a radius, so everyone would have to roll a dexterity throw. Oh, we can do that, everyone. Yeah. Well, That's a body. No, the body just like a gust of wind blows it out of the way as Loran flops. Okay, so that plan is now. Right, I am going to short bow on the... short bow on the Goliath. Okay. Um, to yeah. roll for an attack? I'm going to roll for an attack. I that is... sorry. One more minute. That is 14. 14. It, it, you missed some 14. I see your armor class is 15. The short bow, you went out and it's like... It's in the middle of taking a swipe at the elbow, and then like, boom, and it just sails over his shoulder. He doesn't even notice it. Oh, okay. uh, bonus action, I'm going to get a smidge closer to him. Uh, well, you still have your movement. You haven't moved, you haven't moved yet, so you can still move. That, okay. that was just your action to fire. And um, how many, just, just uh, wondering, um, with the... You see that? Short bow, itself. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, you can move closer if you wish. Uh, I might move closer to Aratir. Okay, yeah, you move up closer and you're, you're basically moving in behind Aratir as Aratir is still kind of towards the Goliath. Aratir um, knows the score. I never, I never got more armor, so uh, we'll... Uh, let's butt it out, bud. <laughs> okay. Stuff is now in the arena. Next, we are into Ogan. Um, amazing flipping boy. <laughs> the rodeo banjo himself. Rodeo. I'm going to cast Spider Climb on myself. Spider Climb. Okay. That, and I'm going to clink that way I won't fall off the bear. <laughs> That's, that's the end of something, I guess. So, uh, you, you, cast, you cast Spider Climb when you find yourself, you just literally, as you were previously just kind of hanging on to the fur of the elbow, all of a sudden it's like, boom, and you are on the bear. You are like, as if you're part of it, and you are going anywhere. 
My other option was my other option was to cast it on the bear and like you know like run up the wall on the bear, but I'm gonna fall, so you know okay. better uh, do this. <laughs> okay. Um, so, um, that the end of your go? Yeah, I don't. Well, like, yeah, because I can't. Like, I'll move when the bear moves. So um, okay, yeah, well that's done. me. Um, now we're into Hespina's go. Um, Hespina leaps from out of um, Erdak's back and kind of lands on the edge of the wall. And she reaches into her, her into her pouch and pulls out, and she starts basically starts speaking into this small device. It's like um, they're speaking into a small device and gesturing towards the sky. Uh, she call an air support? For any of you that notice this, you see, you hear this loud crashing sound. And on, on off in the distance, kind of one of the towers um, that was on the far side of the arena starts to kind of quake a bit and there's like a, a kind of an explosion of wood. Out from behind the tower, you see what looks like shit of sorts, and with a bow at the front of it, and a, and a kind of a little thing at the back, like a foot at the back of it, with a lot of tarpaulin and stuff, and then two large fan-type wings that stick out of the back, rise up into the air from underneath, from the back of the arena, and move over the arena. She is calling it an export. You then see this. You see this dot on the side of it leaps and comes in. Oh, but it's just basically above the arena, and this dot jumps out and falls. And in a cloud of smoke, you see appearing out of it, you see this huge, what looks like a suit of armor, and a move forward. Kind of in like boom, 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 boom. And as it moves forward, it picks up speed and runs really fast and aims itself directly towards the Goliath. Um, Did she just Titan fall that thing? <laughs> <laughs> she called it a Titan. Um, <laughs> more thinking an Orkinoff, but um, that is the end of the go. go. I'm now going to roll initiative for this two players at the end of the game. And uh, that is a three. Okay. So, next up we have. Where did this place go? Sorry, I lost my encounter. Oh, come on. Sorry, folks. So, next up, I'm testing you know, Sorry, Doc, I have to make sure you get that noise to get pretty bad. Sorry. That's all right, it's not your fault. Um, I've lost my thing. Next up, I'm going to say... I'm pretty sure I was next. Yeah, it's Norman. Yeah, I think it's Norman. So I got... Yeah, it was me and then Arun, as far as I know. Right, so yeah, go ahead, Norman. You take your turn. I'm storming, Norman. You've you've hit me with bardic inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I uh, I kind of like look down at sort of the uh, the 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 energies that the bardic inspiration produces. Uh, yeah, instant uh, again, eldritch blast on Balak. Um, I'm not going to use bardic inspiration because that's not going to hit either way. I don't think. 
Okay. What's your modifier? You know, no, you know what? It might actually. Okay, I will use it. So that comes out to a sixteen total. Okay. Does that hit? Um, yes, it does hit. Definitely hits. Yeah. Um, Sorry, one second. I just I, I, the actual encounter D and D Beyond for all its excellence. My encounter builder, which is still in beta, I think it actually crashed, and I've lost. Uh, the oh, no. I've lost the initiative round. So after this, I'm going to get everyone to reroll. Apologies, folks. This is just that's the, the technology. So just jog my memory there, Norman. What were you doing, Tavalik? Uh The one thing that I do in combat. Okay. So roll for damage. Roll for damage, please. Oh, oh, that's another 15. Oh, okay. Um, you reach out and this time with your oh, with your other hand, you reach out and you just see this purple crackling energy and it shoots out and catches Valak square in the face and he flies backwards in his chair again tumbling and hitting the, hitting the wall. He's slumped against the wall, looking extremely dazed. He's the run, like, forgets. All over his face. Just goes, Woo! And then lies back down again. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you do this, Valak is knocked back. He is in tatters. As you do this, out in the arena, the cheering that was happening in the crowd has started to die down. It's starting to drift, and people are starting to shout and scream and call for... Basically, basically, call where's Balak? Where's Balak? Um, um, I'm you hear a few people saying, I'm gonna kill the motherfucker. Um, the Goliath, second now. Are yeah, they blue eyed, Wayne? The crowd, everyone, everyone, bar your general group. And um, for anyone that doesn't remember, anyone that was think to be working here or living here, they all seem to have a blue eyed hue about them. All their eyes were kind of a blue hue, giving off a blue light. Um, so. And um, Goliath, the Goliath, uh, it's kind of as it's mid, like uh, about to it look, looks like it's on the verge of raging. Kind of, you see it start to shake its head and it's, it's kind of staggered and looking around. And um, Arun, you notice as you're pummeling on the on the on the female bard in, in your grasp, her eyes go from blue and they start to flicker and they drop and their normal color returns. Um, all around, people seem to be coming out of some sort of trance. Now that Balak has been pretty much knocked on his ass. Um, there are a few people that are fights start to break out in the audience, in the crowd. Um, people calling for the support of Balak, people calling for Balak to help them. And then others saying, we're going to kill them, motherfucker, we're going to sort him out. Um, Basically, all pandemonium is breaking loose here. Um, Balak, for all intents and purposes, is basically on the whole. He's not unconscious, but he's in pretty, pretty bad shape. And it looks like his grasp on everyone around him is starting to fade and fail. Um, okay. Now, what I need everyone to do now, because D&D Beyond crashed on me, I need everyone to roll initiative again, please. Can I just say something to Valak before we move on? Of course you can. Yeah. Um, it's good that he's still conscious. Uh, yeah, I uh, kind of go up and uh, kind of lean over the chair that I've knocked him uh, over. Kind of perched over him, looking like the cloaked thing that's like down on the ground almost. Yeah. And uh, I sort of like shake off like the little like golden leftovers from Loran's uh, magic. 
uh, and kind of look down and I'm like, you can't even control him anymore. You're running out of tricks very fast there, Valak. And then I lean in real close, close enough that he can like smell the corpse breath. And I think, <gasps> I own him now. Ooh. No! No! Dun, dun, dun. Okay. I actually, as, I actually don't need everyone to roll initiative. I am. Okay. I want you to roll an intimidation check, please, Norman. Okay. I'm good at that. Yeah. <laughs> that is a twenty-two. <laughs> He's good at it. He wants to be in composure fails completely. He is a blubbering mess. He can't control himself. He's sitting there going. <laughs> his hands are on his head. He's cut and bruised from the two eldritch blasts that fucked him up, uh, because he is not a fighter, um, and he is looking distraught. The chaos that's ensuing in the arena around you. The Goliath is now looking so confused and does not know what's going on. Uh, Arun, the um, the woman you're on top of has, is begging you to hold off, hold off. You, you're not serving. She, you hear not serving Balak. She is free. She is free. Um, and she I was planning on grappling anyway. So, so Arun, what do you want to do? I was planning on just grappling her and basically seeing the the blue fade from her eyes. Just. Um, I don't know if I can use command to get her intent. And you, you can if you wish, yeah. Right, so I'm going to use my attack as grapple and then my second strike command to uh, basically tell, I suppose, commander to uh, Professor Allegiance is it for Balak or against Balak. Uh, can you tell me, is there a DC saving throw on command? Um, do, 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 do. Uh, wisdom. Wisdom. Uh, she rolled a five, so she... Didn't resist that. She basically turns and is like, I do not pledge allegiance to Valak at all. I was under his thrall. I was under his control. He was he was he was a very charismatic individual. I I did not work for him. I did I did everything under duress. Alright, I get up off for them. Okay. Um the fight and the, the chaos arena in the in the audience area is still breaking out. Erdak and his crew member and Espina have now jumped down into the arena and are kind of making their way into the center as you watch all of this chaos unfold. Um, Laurent, um, you, you're you off. Are you still hidden? Um, I think now that things are getting a bit more chaotic and that like Valak's kind of a bit more out of things, I think he might be coming back into it. Okay. Okay, the fight has definitely ended at this point. The Goliath doesn't look like he's going to fight anyone. He's just mm-hmm. looking in rage and so he's looking around. Um, what does everyone want to do at this point? I need my weapons, please. Okay, so do you want to go into the bags and start getting all your gear? Yeah, yeah. I need my <laughs> weapons. What was that? The fight's over. I need my weapons. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it, they, they, they only got thrown in like halfway through. I had to do an, a, a fucking unarmed. It feels pretty so. naked for uh, I'm, Yeah, I'm feeling a bit naked. I need my my... My javelin and my battle axe so that I feel like a whole barbarian woman. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I give a holler out for my crew to see how many of my guys are still in the area? Um, you can definitely um, shout, start shouting for crew. Now there is, when you're heard over the din of the noise that's happening in the audience, gets full on. Some of them are starting to pile into the arena. There are a few people that are starting to fall in and they're, they're basically fighting as they go. There are sections of the audience that are trying, basically just trying to get out of there. 
Can I head over to the necromancer and like pull down my rapier and just try and wave it through their body to check if there's a body in there? Um, the, the, uh, the inspector that was kind of inspecting all the bodies has now kind of moved up and they start moving the up into the audience. <laughs> what? Inspector, inspector. <laughs> I heard inspector too. <laughs> oh, the joys of this. But I so, didn't question it. That's, that's terrible. The rogue figure has now kind of, is, is following the chaos. It seems to be that's what's drawing its attention is the chaos. And it is moving okay. up. It floated up in a, in a kind of a willowing, in a kind of a billowing thing and moved into the audience. And it, 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 it is kind of following where the chaos is. And every now and again, you see it kind of, its it side kind of flips into existence and it whoosh, and it's and then there's a kind of a dissipation of energy, and you hear it. Ah, you well, you might not hear it over the din, but it's like ah, as something leaves this plane of existence. And so, um, Balak is in the booth with Norman. Balak is kind of blubbering. He's like, I don't understand this. I had control. I had the essence. I should have been able to control all of this. What are you creatures? How dare you come into my city and take it from me? And Laurent, can you please say sorry about it? Can I make my way up to the booth or no? And um, there is um make a wrong perception check for me, please, Ron. No, what my modifier is on that. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a 20, but not a nat. Oh, excellent. Um, so you look over and you can see that below, just above where the uh, viewing box is, there is a doorway at the side of the arena. And um, from remembering from when you were getting the Grand Tour from Balak, um, you went into a kind of an, a- an area that raised up from the floor. Mm-hmm. And in your head, you're kind of thinking, right, well, that must be the obvious door into that area of what goes yeah. up into the, into the box. Yeah, make your way in. Um, and what the, what are the rest of you doing at this point? Because the, the, the kind of the riot that's happening in the, in the city, in the arena now, is starting to kind of spill out. It's You can you can hear dins and shouts and fires are starting to erupt outside of the arena. Right. Um, you do look over as Erdak and Hespina walk up to this what looks like a walking suit of armor. Nerdak is patting him on the shoulder, and Hespina kind of is checking, kind of tinkering around his ankles and his knees. Um, you see, uh, she produces an oil can from somewhere, so kind of oiling the joints. Um, they seem to be having a conversation amongst themselves, and then gesturing towards the door as if to say, "We need to go in that direction." What do you, the rest of you want to do? I want to walk over and find out what the story is with Nerdak. I'm going to follow Laran. You're going to follow the run. Okay. Mm. Um, get my crew back together. Just, uh, like I said, call to arms, try and find out where the ship is and take stock. And you've noticed, roll a perception check for me there, Aru. Uh Tim. Ten. You do see, um, amongst the kind of the riots and the things that are happening, there are a few members of your crew you do recognize. They're kind of currently in fistfights and winning the fistfights that they're in because they're pretty hard. And- um, cool, your your crew member comes up to you, uh, who threw in the bag of, of equipment. He comes up and he watches you gear up, and he starts pointing out different members of the crew and saying, "We need to kind of rally the troops, I guess, and get them yeah. all together." And um, Ogan, what are you doing with your L bear? 
Oh, yeah. Keeping them calm. Um, uh, I, yeah, keep them calm. Heal them if I can. Um, okay, and it does it. You can definitely give them a heal if you wish. Yeah, I have. Um, well, everyone seems to be okay, so there's a big, huge gash down its side, so yeah. I don't like that. Can you spell my character sheet? Oh, there it is. Sorry. Uh, I will do a healing word, is it? Logan is far too good for the rest of us. Um, healing word, level one. So that is page 250. Can you sec there, Ted? Um, Loran, while Logan is doing this, Loran, you make your way in. Uh, quickly before I do that, do I see Cody following me? Is this obvious to me? Um, well, it depends on whether Cody wants to be seen. Is Cody making it up that you're following? Like I'm not actively hiding, but I'm, but, but I don't want Loran to turn around, so I'm being pretty quiet. Roll the stealth check for me, please. <sighs> well, that's not bad. What you do? You're a rogue. You're all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if this was our tier, like, <laughs> <laughs> no worries at all. Don't bring that up again. Like the wind. Seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. Around, I need you to roll a perception check for me. No. No. <laughs> no. Don't even need the numbers. Just not happen. Doc, I'm trying to unmute you. Yeah, no, I'm keeping myself muted till I'm actually talking so that I don't cause any reverb. Okay, appreciate that. That's right. Okay. Grant, no worries. Um, so, Lorraine, you don't notice Cody following you. You, uh, you make your way into the door. You're kind of focused on getting to the box. Um, yeah. And Cody is stealthily moving behind you. The din of the noise of everything that's going on around is kind of drowning out any noise Cody would have made. But with that stealth roll, you don't. And your perception, you don't hear or see anything. Yeah, there is a full-on riot happening. So. Mm. There is a full-on riot happening. Um, so, Iran, what do you want to do at this point? Yeah, so I, I rock in. I see Norman obviously being Norman and Valak on the ground. And Norm, uh, Loran's kind of like, I would have taken care of him myself. I just, you know. Well, that's why I've left him here for you. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of like drift back uh, backwards a bit and sort of like look down and I'm like, I believe this one is yours. Yeah, Loran um, kind of looks down and takes out the one weapon I have, the one dagger I have, um, and he's going to kneel down in front of him. And Norman is going to stand like, almost like kind <laughs> of like the shoulder devil sort of thing. So Norman <laughs> over. And uh, he kind of kneels down in front of him and... He like just gently kisses his forehead before okay. skewering dagger into his, his throat. Ooh. Extreme prejudice. <laughs> Loran, as you reach down, you kiss him on the forehead, you just hear him whisper like, we could have could have ruled the world together. And the, yeah. the knife just basically and it's just and blood seeping. As you do this, you notice that there's a, a kind of a, a blue energy that dissipates off his body. And the chaos outside, suddenly there's this deafening silence. Oh. <laughs> everything, just, <laughs> everything just stops. And then you hear wailing and like the, the crackling of any fires or any damage is like, it's just a noise 
and the din of the city behind all of this is just silent. Cody, you've made your way in. You kind of you're you're standing in a doorway, um, keeping stealthy. I take it, is it? Yes, but I'm but I at this point I do speak up and I say, "Hey, Loran, you good?" I wasn't aware you followed me. Just back up in case you needed it. Yeah. Thanks. He seems like a bad egg. Hmm. You have no idea. Maybe I'll have an idea one day, but I've seen I I'm suspicious of powerful people that seem to have built up their own empire. They don't necessarily have to make it out of bones for me to uh get the willies. Yes, what gave it away? Was it the masses of slaves, the bones, the capturing you? Yeah. Good job. You're very perceptive, Codeine. Okay, I am not going to take that personally because I can see that Loran is somewhat in pain. My time <laughs> as an actor has taught me how to react. <laughs> and I am going to give a, 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 a curt but gentle nod and then head back and see what <laughs> my buds. I got to get near this owl bear for a fucking start. <laughs> Uh, that, I, uh, I look at Loran and kind of like look down at uh, the corpse and uh, I'm just like well consider that particular demon exercised well done and I put my hand on Loran's shoulder you really are your own man now Loran <laughs> 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 roll a patronization check and <laughs> um, so Cody, don't you make your way back out. Ogan, you've healed the owlbear. We'll say you've healed the owlbear and the, the gash is... I'm sorry, I, I do need you to roll an animal handling check because the charm or the charm is kind of... The friend thing is wearing it off. It lasts for 24 hours. Oh, does it? Sorry, I thought it was... <laughs> oh, 24 hours? And, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. Unless someone unless someone in the group hits it, it lasts for 24 hours. Well, it did get damaged. <laughs> did we hit it? Oh, no, no, the, the, the car group. Not, yeah, not yeah, bad guys, yeah, yeah. bad guys no, I think it's, it's any, anyone that's your ally, if, they, if you damage it, they, then you... Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. So, um, as you make your way out, Cody, and you see the group, and they're kind of all huddled in different sections. Um, Aratir, what were you doing again? You were going up to Erdak. I was going up to Erdak and Hispina to find out what is the deal with their uh, Titan. Um, and, uh, <laughs> see... Doc says Titan. In my head, it's that, you know, that metal thing at the end of Labyrinth that comes out of the... the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that big. This thing is about the same... It's just over the same height as you. It's about another inch taller than yourself. Okay. It looks like a walking suit of armor. Cool. You're <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so I wanted to head over to Erdak and Hispina, find out what the story was, is with their, their pal and um, what their plan is, because I suppose... They kind of woke me up first, so yeah. I just want to see what they want to do. Um, as you're walking up, you... what was that? We lost you there, Jill. Sorry, I was just going to say everybody else in my group seems to be okay, so I just want to find out what they know and what they want to, where they're going now. Grand. Um, so you make your way up to the to the group, to, to Erdak and Hespina and their living suit of armor, it looks like. And you, as you get closer, you actually hear the armor speaking in a very kind of mechanical voice. Um, 
I'm sorry I couldn't get here any sooner. They had me tied up. I tried to escape, but they seemed to have kind of taken it upon themselves to keep me trapped. I'm, I'm something of a rare occurrence in this land. Um, I, 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 I managed to get out of there once they all seem to have come here to watch whatever this is. There is a slight sardonic nature to him. He's a bit starky in ways from the right. voice. Um, Erdak CG Kung is like, ah, ah, I'm glad to see everyone uh, seems to have survived this um, little fracassee of a fight. Um, you made it out well yourself, Erdak, and you too has made it. Here's well, your friend. Well, well, this guy, no, well, this is this is our good friend Winston. Uh, he is uh, one of our crew. And it's like he points up towards the, the skyship that, above them. That was some entrance. Oh, well, Winston does like to make an entrance. Uh, he's, uh, Winston is, you, you don't have them here. Uh, he's what's known as a warforged. Uh, he is uh, basically a, a living being as such, but not in a way you would see it. He is, he was created as part of a, an army of a great war once fought, but he is now one of our members of our crew. And if we're kind of behind her, like Winston Pipes is like, Thank you for, you know, giving my history as if I'm a piece of property. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, as you're speaking, a, a scruffy man dressed in kind of like, it looks like a, basically a potato sack and carrying kind of a short walking stick kind of hustles up towards you. He's like, what in the gods are you people doing here? This is chaos. Not that I'm not thankful. But this is chaos. Sorry, who's this lad? Who this? <laughs> um, allow me to introduce myself. Um, my name is um, Hemlock Flint. Um, I am an alchemist. Um, I have been kept prisoner here for the last um, three or so years by that desperate bastard that was Valak. Um, okay. You... You seem to have um, upset his plans greatly, which I'm very appreciative for, but you have caused, let me say, a power vacuum in something um, that may lead to more trouble than it's worth. Um, what, what, what brought you to this particular area? Right, who's the addressing? He's talking to Aratir and, and Erdak and that little group. He's talking okay. to them. You're talking. You've made your way back in, and Ogan is kind of sitting on his elbow. Arun, what are you doing at this point? Me, I'm getting closer Arun, to. I'm, I'm just checking with Arun what Arun's doing. Um, trying to get my crew together and get the ship back to its normality. So probably oh. going in a bit of pillaging, taking a okay. bit of stuff. So Arun, Arun has vanished off with his crew into the bowels of the arena. So he's, he's gone into there to kind of do a bit of a pillaging. Cody, what what do you wish to do now? I'm heading over to Aratir. Right. You walk up and you see them talk to this um, older man, um, kind of long, scraggly beard, but wild hair that just sits on top of his head and it's kind of out, like Doc Brown style, but very long. Right. Um, kind of a wispy, cat weaselly type little beard that kind of pulls down and grown at length. He looks haggard and tired and malnourished, um, but he seems to have a spark about him. Uh, um, Loran and Norman, what are you guys up to? 
I think at this stage, probably try reunite with the group. Suppose. Do you think? Do you think uh, he carried anything of worth? Oh, tons! Yeah, like if you want to go around this. Place. Oh no, I don't care for value. No, I mean specifically on him. Is there any keys or anything that we might need? Maybe. Yeah, I take a wee look. Okay, and um, roll an investigation check for me, please. Sure. Um, no, that's only a seven. Okay, that's okay. Uh, as you go through Valak's person, um, you find on him a vicious dagger. Ooh. Oh. Um, or stabby stabbies for Naran. Woohoo! You also find a bag of tricks. <laughs> a bag of tricks? A bag of tricks. A bag of tricks. This ordinary bag made from grey rust or tan cloth appears empty. Reaching inside the bag, however, reads presence of a small fuzzy object. The bag weighs half a pound. You can use an action to pull the fuzzy object from the bag and throw it up to 20 feet. When the object lands, it transforms into a creature you determine by rolling a D8 to the <laughs> table that corresponds <laughs> to the bag. See the monster's listings for the creature's statistics. The creature vanishes at the, ne- at the next dawn or when it's reduced to zero hit points. Brilliant. The creature is friendly to you and your companions, and it acts on your turn. You can use a bonus action to command how the creature moves and what action it takes on its next turn, or give it general orders such as attack your enemies. In the absence of such orders, the creature acts in a fashion appropriate to its nature. Incredible. Once three fuzzy objects have been pulled from the bag, the bag can't be used again until the next dawn. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Awesome. You also find... You remember the little vial that he had mm-hmm. you were in his chambers. The vial that um is it's like kind of like a teardrop vial, but in mm. reverse, and the sharp point at the other end of it, and at the top where the cork goes in. And um, there is a kind of a an effervescent bluish liquid in it mm-hmm. that you remember him putting into a drink. You caught him putting it into his own drink. Yeah. And there is a, a red stain at the bottom where the pointed area is. Mm-hmm. Um, like the sharp end, as if it's been. Like it looks like it looks like dried blood to a degree. Yeah. Um, and you, you, that's that. There are the three items that you find on Valak. With that yeah. one. Cool. Yeah, I pocket them. Um, it's like not much really worth taking, but. No, you got a knife, a, a bag. Uh, yeah. Probably go back to the group. I imagine they have some very awkward questions for me. Uh, most likely, yes, but, uh, well, you only need to tell them so much. Yeah, it's true. I mean, not that I've ever done anything wrong in my life. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to shimmy down now to the guys at this point. Do you want to desecrate okay. the corpse or...? Meh. <laughs> He's dead. And, Arun, we're going to cook to you now. So you are making your way through the underbelly of this uh, arena and into down into the kind of the, the depths of what was the city. Uh, you're you're kind of seeing corridors and twisty turns, and there are people running back and forth, fleeing, trying to find a way out. You've found a fair chunk of your crew at this point, um, and they are helping you kind of rummage rummage the rooms. You do see at the far end of this long corridor this large double door uh, that. At one point, looks like it was guarded by some, by a, a, at least four guards, but there are now kind of like the two dead bodies of previous guards 
and then um, signs, signs of like damage against the walls and the two doors are kind of back inwards um, and you can kind of see into the far room and it looks like it's filled with crates and uh, with that dragon symbol on it what do you want to do? Is that that drugs nonsense, yeah? Yeah. Right. Um, inform a portion of my crew to set fire to it. Burn the whole lot. Yeah. Fuck it up. Okay. Um, and grab any supplies that we can. And also, as they're grabbing supplies, if they see anybody milling about of our disposition, not mean to be racist, but uh, any of our people who need help, offer them safe passage. Right. Okay. Um, there are a lot of people in this general city that, like, that you've seen. Um, the population of this place, it's quite large. Um, there, there's a lot of, there was a lot of slave work going on here, a lot of people that were under control of Balak that you've seen. And they're all, they all seem to come from regular walks of life to a degree. There are some that seem to have more of a rough and tumble way about them. And they tend to be the ones that are orcs, goblins, tieflings, um, one or two dark elves of, of kind of that nature that are very much they look like they can handle themselves these are the people that seem to be coming out on top of those fights that were happening during the riot and they're milling about some of them are helping themselves to what they find in the rooms and um, trying to pick away some of them picked up weapons um, the room in question with the drugs in you basically you're gonna are you gonna go in and inspect it or are you just gonna spray the fortune straight away no i'm gonna go in and inspect it have a look see if there's anything worth taking and then like i said set fire to it like okay roll an investigation check for me please it'll be a 10. As you go in, you see that there are, uh, on one side of the room, it's quite a large room, it goes back quite far, there are stacks and stacks of crates with the, the dragon emblem embossed on them. Uh, on one side then, it looks like there's a, a wall, it just looks like alchemy kits all the way along, from one end of the wall to the other, where all this stuff is brewing. And there's large cut, uncut chunks of red crystal and other ingredients bubbling away. Um, piled up along these tables that take up the far left wall of this room. The crates are then stacked on the right side. There is a desk at the far end that's stacked high with books, papers. There is a large map up against the back wall that covers the entire wall that seems to be a map of the surrounding islands of this area and also, as you notice up north, then there are some small, smaller islands that you're not familiar with. Um, they seem to be marked though as if they're not part of the land the above the general land that's there so like as if they're floating in the sky um, that's kind of what you make out from that moment. right can I take the map can I come off and roll it up um, you can yeah you can take the map off the wall and roll it up yeah for sure yeah, taking yeah. the map tasking a couple of guys to take them whenever books look important so we can bring it back to the, the party see if they might need those um, and if there's any kind of manifests or any kind of um Details where our shipments like. Okay. Um, do me a favor, roll an arcana check for me, please. Uh, I get a six, so I reckon that's it. Yeah, you know, you can't really discern which books are more important or which are of magical importance. They just look like a pile of books to you. Um, so you basically, the lads start grabbing all different types of books and different types of papers. Uh, you can roll the map, you, know, you take the map, you roll it up, and you hold it. You do have a bag or anything, or do you have anything? You're just, you're just holding the map. Um, I'm pretty sure I could probably fashion one without a uh, If they got like tarp and stuff like that, I could probably fashion something to tie it up with a bit of rope and sling it over my shoulder. Sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's kind of a thing going over, it's over your shoulder and it's you. That's fine. Um, you're constantly going through that. You're, and, and you're now, once you're happy with your investigation, you're happy with your 
looking into the room where you're just going to torch everything else. Yeah, I think that was the plan, wasn't it? Yeah, Burn it all. What you want to do, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you basically set fire to the room. The crates that contain the, the, the narcotic catch fire and there's large reddish purple flames that burst forth as the, the, the barrels crack and the, the crates crack and splinter. Um, the, the fire starts to engulf the entire room that's made of um, And we're going to take a break there, folks, um, because uh, I'm hearing a knock on my door. No, I'm not. But we're going to take a break. Uh, um, now I am. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, is it by magic? We're going to take a quick break. After the break, we're going to look at the prizes. And we're going to continue the story. We're going to uh, keep it going. Uh, I hope everyone is, is, has, has kind of been able to keep up with the way we're doing it this way. Um, and uh, it has been a, a lot of fun to do for me, from my end, to kind of keep the story going. So let's keep it going. And uh, I will see everyone back here in an hour. Yay. Bye, Bye everybody.